The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews is brought to you by Spirituality and Health Magazine, the Soul Body Connection. Visit SpiritualityHealth.com today. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Something remarkable seems to happen when you listen to others fully recognizing that they are your reflection. This is how you learn about yourself. And that was a quote from the executive management consultant and author, Nash Moran, our guest today. Typically, we think of relationships as objects, though we would not admit to this, really. But they are objects because we wish to manipulate them for our own safety and emotional needs. And further, we think that this is the right way to do it. But today, we're going to be talking about an entirely different way of relating, one in which peace factors high in the benefits package. Nash Murad has served as an executive management consultant for a variety of Fortune 100 companies and government agencies through his training and facilitation firm, Emergent Awareness, which he operates with his partner, Kay Marie Atkins. A United States Marine Corps veteran, his entrepreneurial spirit and quest for enlightenment eventually led him to author the first in a series of books entitled How to Be Right About Everything, An Awakening Journey into Unlearning. This series is an interpretive model for learning to interact with your world based on the simple premise, know the difference between facts and choices. He believes in the understanding that all of what we experience is chosen and feels that this belief is key to achieving peace within and with others. And so we're going to be talking about that peace and the whole notion of acceptance and relationship today. Welcome, Nash, to the Authentic Living Show. We're so glad you took your time to talk with us today. I'm grateful to be here. Thanks, Andrea. All right. Well, let's just jump right in there. Um, one of the things that you say is that, and I said this at the beginning, is that everyone else is a reflection of you. Can you explain what that means? I sure can. There are uh, a number of models out there that, that, that coach you on how to interact with, with various people in your life. Um, I have developed one that I feel gives you the most most benefit from every relationship you have, uh, and that is to see people as your reflection. From this perspective, you realize that they will only act according to what you've decided they're going to do. Now, this this takes away immediately um, the tendency that we all have to blame someone else for something that happened that we didn't necessarily uh, expect or want. Uh, what that does is it puts you, the viewer, in the author's seat all the time uh, for what's unfolding in your life. Uh, this gives you maximum power to take a look inward uh, and be thoughtful in responses uh, and in your downtime when you're away from the relationship to reconsider perhaps uh, what you thought you 
understood happened or did not happen. So the idea behind reflective awareness is total empowerment to each person uh, perceiving another. Okay, so it's kind of what is outward is inward. That's exactly what it is. Well put. All right, all right. So when you look at someone else and you are aggravated with something that they're doing, what does that mean? Are you really aggravated at yourself? That's right. That's right. There's an aspect of yourself that uh, is calling your attention, and, and it warrants your consideration. Okay, okay. So then um, what you would say maybe, now tell me if I've got this wrong, because I don't want to filter your beliefs through mine, but um, you would say that actually um, anger is a tool that can be used to get to know yourself better. <laughs> Actually, that's very well put, Andrea. I like how you said that. Um, <laughs> I don't recommend expressing anger, but if you encounter it, <laughs> right, right, yeah. and that is that is the difference. I think I, you know, as a therapist, I work with clients very often who say, "Well, I wasn't angry. I didn't hit anybody. I didn't break anything." And I'm like, "But did you feel angry?" <laughs> yeah. You know, we get the action mixed up with the feeling, and therefore we discount the feeling sometimes. And really, it could be helping us get somewhere. That's right. Okay. All right. So you talk about the idea that there seem to be all kinds of differences between us and other people and and that those don't really exist. Is that what I understand to be true? Yes, that is exactly uh, right. The We don't live uh, in a seeming universe. Uh, humans don't. And the, herein lies the problem with life at times. Um, when we are honest... We have to admit in, in any circumstance that it seems to be this or seems to be that. We don't have all the facts. We have our perception. And what perception produces is the term seems or seeming. Um, and so when this happens, it's difficult to act with certainty in any situation. So, uh, yes, we don't live in a seeming universe. Our reality is actually quite certain uh, and quite uh, wonderful. But seeming realities um, are subjective and uh, can be can be entertaining, and but can also be difficult. Okay, so help us understand now what is a seeming reality. Give me an example. Okay, so the perceiving mind is the mind that says, "This is who I think I am," and usually that thinking is some sort of selected memory from. Uh, your past, and some sort of hopeful picture, or, or maybe not so hopeful, of the future. Uh, and this sort of selected scene comprises who most of us decide we are. And it's this picture that we interact with uh, frequently and, and make decisions and, and decide what we're going to do today and tomorrow and how to think and how to react to other people all come from this picture that we've constructed. And this, this construction process is called perception. Um, now, we've all heard the term ego. Well, in my model, ego and perception are identical. So this is a, a mechanism, some way we derive our identity. And the derivation of this identity is something everybody does most of the time. Um, but it unfortunately doesn't produce a real identity. It produces something fictitious uh, that we hope to use to navigate everything else we're seeing. 
Okay. So from your model, is it possible to get to something more authentic? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And th- this, is, uh, this takes us into the term unlearning, uh, which you, you read earlier. Uh, what unlearning is about is about being able to discover uh, what pieces of our identity are just constructions, just choices we've made, and after making that discovery, uh, choose to let it go, let those constructions go if we want um, to do that. Right. So, so this process of discovery is done through this kind of interaction in which we get an, a reflection from some, some aspect of the world we've created or some person. That's, that's right, yeah. Some, some, uh, well, we, I call it right-minded perception, which puts you in a position where you can actually do this unlearning process. And uh, a, key pe- a key feature of that uh, uh, perspective is uh, learning to see other people as reflections and not as enemies or, or anything else. Uh, you know, we, we tend to uh, build hierarchies in our mind. We tend to create circles. Some people fit in certain degrees of intimacy. Some are way on the outside. Uh, all of these constructs are invented. Uh, they're not good, bad, right, or wrong. One doesn't need to feel bad about any of that. But they are, in fact, invented. And when you recognize this, you go, well, if I've invented that, then isn't it possible for me to undo it? And that's the natural questioning sort of unlearning process begins right there. Okay, so the questioning process is one in which we begin to say, well, what, what part of me, I don't want to say me actually, but what part of my identity is real and which is not? Right, what have, what have I chosen? And you learn to do this without condemnation. Uh, okay, yeah. And I think that's really one of the hardest parts, especially, well, I will say not just especially, but I guess we've been through traditional models and also through a lot of the New Age New Thought um, models. We are being told that some things we do are not so good and they will bring bad results, negative, quote-unquote, negative results. And some things are really of the higher self and will bring us good results. And so we're, we're still in that same paradigm of good and bad there, and it still creates some kind of judgment. Right, exactly, and and that's I've written the the, the first book um, for the purpose of enabling that mind, the mind that that still needs to make those judgments. I've built a framework so that it's easy for it to go. Oh, wait a minute, I'm looking at a fact now, or oh, wait a minute, I'm just looking at a choice. And if you have these two, uh, this sort of, let's call it a discernment model, a means of going, okay, that's a choice, that's a fact, uh, it'll make the process of staying in a healing, sort of healthy, peaceful state actually attainable. Okay, so let's clarify a little bit more. You said that these, these perceptual distinctions about who we think we are are right. choices. But we're not, we haven't clarified yet what you mean by fact. What, what is a fact? Okay. So <clears throat> the way I've organized uh, Volume 1 um, of the How to Be Right About Everything series is in terms of the first section is, deals with just facts, and then the second section deals with choices. And the idea is to give the reader uh, application of, of what I'm talking about. This stuff sounds technical, sounds complex, but it really isn't. It's actually quite simple. Um, but uh, an idea, for example, that is uh, a fact is 
we are all equal. Okay. This is something we uh, love to talk about, especially in the United States, equality. But uh, it's difficult to actually consider when you look honestly at yourself at how many different ways you don't see equality around you. Uh, so this is a feature, for example, this is a, a means to understand, okay, wait a minute, if the fact is that we're equal, but I'm seeing all kinds of differences, is it possible I'm not seeing reality? Mm-hmm. The answer there would be yes, it's possible. Right, right, okay. So if you put those two things together and sort of um, the, the fact and the choice together and sort of sort between those, that's part of the process of finding out who you really are there. Absolutely. Okay. Another key fact, uh, Andrea, I'll just interject real quick, is the universe is always and in all ways conspiring in your favor. Okay. Okay, that's a massive fact. All right, and we're going to talk some more about that massive fact when we come back right after the break. Stay tuned. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Network. When I found out my jeans were made using child labor in sweatshops, I wrote a letter to the company saying, reconsider your labor practices. A few months later, I get a letter back saying, thanks for being a loyal customer, and they included a coupon for a 25% discount on their jeans. So I got smart, wrote letters every day to all the stores that carry the brand, asking them to stop supporting the companies who use child labor in sweatshops. And I just kept getting letters back thanking me for my concerns and more coupons for more discounts on more jeans. So I'm telling my friend about it, and she flips out, saying that between all the letters and coupons, some paper company cut down a small forest, driving off two indigenous tribes, hundreds of endangered animals, killing thousands of plant species, some of which may have contained vaccines for HIV, cancer, and syphilis. Meanwhile, the guys cutting down the trees are 13-year-old kids who work night and day for months just to save up enough money to buy a pair of jeans made by child labor in sweatshops. Saving the world isn't easy, but saving a life is. Just one pint of blood can save up to three lives. Visit bloodsaves.com to learn more. This public service announcement was brought to you by the Ad Council. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. 
You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And Authentic Living is sponsored by Spirituality and Health Magazine, the Soul Body Connection, one of America's most prestigious spiritual magazines, which publishes six times a year and offers an amazing array of information for the seeker, both in print and online. Check them out at www.spiritualityhealth.com. You will be very glad you did. And we're talking today to Nash Murad about his book, um, and we are learning all about how to be right about everything. So... Uh, we were talking just before the break about this massive understanding of, uh, of, of reality. So I want to sort of finish talking about that before we move on. Yeah, that sounds good. I think we had jumped into what I call a fact, um, which is the universe is always and in all ways conspiring in your favor. And uh, the um, uh, the reason this is such a massive fact is because the take any scene in your life uh, from the past to the future or even what's happening in the moment you're in. Uh, if you're looking at it through the lens, uh, this lens, the universe is always and in always conspiring in your favor. What is the likelihood you will interpret that uh, scene as working against you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and really, what you're saying is that interpretation is just it just makes a huge difference. Yes, I am saying that. And it, it this this text, uh, this philosophy, this belief system, whatever you want to label it, is about mental training. It's about disciplining the mind that most of us depend on to help us navigate our lives. But if that mind has a tendency to fill up with uh, past worries or future uh, you know future forecasts. Uh, then you're not living now. You're not being authentic. You're 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 living through a a very specific selection of events that you've decided are you and that qualify you to make decisions and judgments throughout your day. But you're basing it on something completely selected, completely artificial, and not authentic. And if the goal is to become authentic, uh, we have to look very closely and learn to recognize the trash in our minds from the facts. And I'm specifically changing the word choice into trash just for this uh, brief moment here in time uh, so that people can recognize that these items we pick and we solidify actually alter the way we relate to ourselves and to other people. And sometimes they do it in devastating ways. In ways we're not really tuned into because we don't realize we're doing it. Right. Well put. Yeah, so that if you call it a choice, and I like the way you've done that, is if you call it a choice, then what it does is immediately raise your consciousness to the fact that you have an alternate option. That's right. That's exactly why I did that. Uh, to to give the, the anyone interacting with this model uh, a non-judgmental way of just tuning their mind to what they want to experience, as opposed to um, what they don't. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, some people would say, Nash, that that means you're just sort of creating a Pollyanna universe. So how would you respond to that? <laughs> well, I would say that they're, they're not wrong. They're right. <laughs> and wouldn't that be nice if we all did that? Um, 
the, you know, I had a, uh, an interview with somebody who asked me why people argue, and I, I answered in a very simplistic way. But, you know, the thing is, Andrea, truth is not complex. It's actually quite simple. And I think that's what frightens the ego. The ego wants the world to be complex and difficult and uh, full of levels and categorizations and all sorts of things we have to navigate. Um, our litigatory system in the United States is, is one of the most amazing things I've ever encountered. And, you know, I, I won't make it wrong, but one wonders what the purpose is of all these various laws we have. Uh, the goal uh, in my text and in my work is to make things simple. And, no, not, not ridiculous, not, uh, not uh, insensitive or uncaring or indifferent, but simple so that it's accessible, so that people can say with freedom, yeah, this is a choice I'm making, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So that, that says, okay, I'm choosing to continue to think of myself in certain, perhaps even derogatory ways, but I recognize that that's a choice I have. Right. Okay. Yeah, exactly right. All right. So you've talked about part of the unlearning as doing unto others as you would have them do unto you. What, what do you mean by that? Well, let's go back to the, the very first statement about reflection. Uh, what I, that, where that stems from is one of the facts in the book, and that is that we are all one, that we are all equal, that the folks we encounter in our lives are our reflections. Um, that being said, why would you treat anything that is your reflection in any way you would not want to be treated? Okay. It is another, it, what you're encountering is just versions of you everywhere you go. And I know that that can be uh, very frightening and irritating. I understand that. Um, but regardless, it's, it's what, what we're doing here is we're tuning you into where the action is occurring. The action isn't occurring through what you're encountering through your, your physical eyes or your, your physical ears or your touch. The action is occurring in the mind first. This is the cause. Okay. Uh, the physical experience always follows what's happening in the mind. Right, right. So, so essentially, what it's what we're saying is kind of the same thing Carl Jung says about our dream world. He says that all the figures in our dream world are are us, representatives of us. And you're saying in our real world, all the figures in our real world are also representatives of us. Although we are not creating them, they certainly can. We are creating their that perception of them. Beautifully put. That is exactly right. It is, it is that tool we're using to decide who everyone is and what they're doing, the perception. Okay. Okay. And isn't it interesting what happens to us when we find out that one of our perceptions is really unfounded? Yeah, it is. And this is something that I, I work with very delicately, actually, uh, throughout the text and in any coaching encounters I have, uh, so that the tendency... Uh, here is to go, you know, get guilty, get, get feel, starts feeling awful, start feeling bad. Well, that's also a choice, and you can choose not to feel that way. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. I owe that person my, my apology, don't I? What you owe everyone in your life is your full appreciation. And if you wish to apologize, go right ahead um, for something you recognize uh, in some sort of revelatory way. But... Um, but don't believe that you are, uh, you know, um, don't believe that that is required. You're dealing with yourself at all times. So you actually can heal relationships through how you think about people uh, versus 
physical actions you take with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So it, it, give us an example of how you might heal a relationship by how you think about people. Okay. I had a, uh, a uh, client at one time who had a very, very difficult encounter, a post-divorce situation that she was in. And uh, the, the ex-husband had married a new wife, and there was a child in the mix, and the child lived with the father and the new wife. And um, the person I was interacting with, uh, the client, was struggling with this, uh, just saw the new wife as antagonistic, saw the ex-husband as antagonistic, um, usually told the story from the perspective of the child that she invented, uh, and basically declared the child to be a victim in all of this. Um, and, of course, she was also a victim in this picture. Well, we worked through first identifying all the different roles that she was assigning to everybody. And uh, uh, and then the next often very, very difficult step for people is to recognize that they're authoring the picture, that they're literally making these decisions about who everybody is in the story. Um, once she overcame that and recognized, well, wait a minute, I'm, I'm actually designating them in all of these roles. We um, worked on a visualization, which is simply acknowledged that she had circles in her mind of various degrees of intimacy. Her parents, for example, fit within the closest circle. Um, uh, this ex-husband and, and uh, new wife were way out in the distance, you know, um, in some concentric circle far, far off the center. And I asked her to uh, visually let go of those circles, wipe them clean, and bring all the parties into the same picture and eventually wash all the parties out into one solid uh, picture of light. And that's all. Literally just release all their physical images that that, that person was holding um, of course, release all the judgments, all of those kinds of things. So I'm, I'm kind of shortening this process for this radio uh, interview, Andrea. But basically, this took about a few weeks for her to get comfortable with this process. And her results were absolutely incredible. She came back to me and says, I can't believe it. I'm actually in a healthy and productive relationship with the new wife. She and the ex-husband are getting along just fine, and the son is very happy. Right. So really, essentially what she did was she changed her perceptions and the story she was telling about her perceptions. You got it. Okay. Okay. So we can see how that works. Okay. So, all right, you've said in your book, and we don't have a whole lot of time before the break, so we're probably going to have to cut this in half or quarters or something, but I want to at least get started, that your chapters are catalysts and that the catalysts are designed to stimulate as well as release blockages. I want to talk about the stimulate part first because I think that's an important ingredient. So how, how, would, your, how would the work you do stimulate uh, blockages in identity? Okay. That's, that's an excellent question. The, the, most of the text is about what I call choices. The facts themselves are very few. Um, there's about, I think, eight or ten. I don't remember the exact count. Um, but most of the text... Uh, with choices, and we'll talk about that in just a second. Okay. We are going to take a break now and come back in just a few more minutes to uh, talk with Nash Murad about how to be right about everything and awakening journey into unlearning. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. 
Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! Uh. There you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment rising to levels not seen since the Great Depression. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time noon pacific time on the voice america business channel awakened media for a transforming world seventh wave network you're listening to authentic living with andrea matthews we want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll-free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back with Nash Murad talking about how to be right about everything, an awakening journey into unlearning, the first in a series of books that's helping people to come to terms with the idea of identity and also begin to um, move more into authenticity, and that's my description of it. We were talking just before the break about um, stimulating and releasing blockages to identity, and we were going to talk about stimulating those blockages before we release them. So I wanted to understand that and help our listeners understand that a little bit better. Mm-hmm. That's right. And uh, one of the, the the very first step is first recognizing what are those blockages. And that's what the, the stimulating process is about, is about going uh, through various stages um, of that recognition. And so I've written the second half of the text to deal with all kinds of intellects, um, from the very simple sort of intellect to the more complex. So we deal with ideas, for example, uh, there's one chapter that's, uh, the chapters are real short, by the way. I I wrote it so that you could read it in the bathroom if you wanted to. Great. But uh, there's one chapter called uh, How You as a Woman Can Change How You Are Perceived by a Man. Um, it seems to me that there's so much emphasis on on managing other people's perceptions and those kinds of things. So we talk a lot about that and uh, why that is a fictitious uh, pursuit. 
Uh, and I do that, you know, without condemning it. There's nothing wrong with it, nothing right. You know, we use, we avoid words like good, bad, right, and wrong. And essentially, I will say that in almost every single choice I identify. So that would be one example. Another one is a healer uh, is a choice, not a fact. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we have healers in our lives that we've given the power to heal us. Um, but in fact, all the healing is ultimately done by each person um, through a recognition process of where the action is occurring, kind of a repeat of what we said earlier. Um, the idea of boredom, for example, that's also a choice. Uh, boredom, in, in my text, is thinking you know everything. Um, so you know, I'm going to deal with lots of t- topics. Some are very, you know... Um, sort of formulaic, like, for example, I have a, a small chapter called How to uh, Push Joy Out of Your Life, and uh, there's two simple steps to do that every time. If you really are interested in not having joy, we have a two-step formula for you. <laughs> so, I mean, the idea here is to, you know, and that's part of the stimulus process, I'm trying to get each mind to recognize how it is locking itself down and not growing. Mm-hmm. So, we, you know, you sort of live in this static, sort of ritualistic relationship with yourself and with others, and you wonder why you're not happy. Well, it's because you've taken mental positions about self and others that are constraining you. And here's, here's a real quick formula. This is how to push joy out of your life. Number one, see anyone or anything as less than or more than you. And number two see anyone, including yourself, as anything other than completely innocent. If you follow those two steps religiously, and most people do, you will every time, guaranteed, push joy out of your life. Okay. I'm going to, for the sake of um, the audience, I'm going to argue with that, although I, I do agree with what you're saying. <laughs> okay. um, the Innocence. How could we say that people, I'm going to say it like a lot of people would question me because I've, I've said the same thing. How can we say that people are innocent? I mean, look at all the crap out there. <laughs> How can we say that? Right. In any moment, I would ask anyone to, quote, look at the crap. Okay. And so what we're doing, uh, that's a wonderful question you're asking me. Um, and I can answer it from several perspectives, but let's, let's take one real quick one and just say that innocence is a fact. In my text. So um, that's one quick way to sort of deny their guilt. Um, and why is that useful? Because you have options in that relationship. Well, people say, well, I don't want options in that relationship. Well, okay, then that's also a choice you're making, which is fine. But recognize that is not a, a fact. It's not something you can monumentalize if you expect to have a happy life. Uh, when we make sort of fixed positions in our mind about anything, uh, the the mind will uh, lock itself down, and you won't grow. Um, the other perspective on the innocence is that if you if you encounter people, you recognize almost immediately that people will run to their defense uh, at all turns if they are accused of anything. They'll quickly go to that. So I started thinking to myself, you know what? It seems to me that most human beings believe their natural state is innocence. That's why they're so defensive. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, it started, my mind began to open as I began to unlearn my own nonsense and started realizing, hey, wait a minute, Nash. 
The people that are surrounding you are innocent. Why don't you try? Just give that a try. Try seeing them that way and see what happens. And just like in the earlier picture I painted with the client, um, who did the same thing. She essentially released the guilt structures she had attached to these other people. I did the same thing and, and discovered, wow, I'm actually enjoying my life. This is actually kind of fun. Right, right. So <clears throat> if people are looking for evidence of, of lack of innocence, they'll find it. Exactly. And so I literally look at it like an engine. Or, or you know, I like to use the term lens. Uh, I think that's a little easier to grasp, but it's like putting on a, a pair of glasses and saying, hey, look, I, w- I want today, I want to see guilt all around me. I'm mad, I'm angry, and someone's got to pay. And so I'm going to look around and find out who's, you know, the first thing I see, that's guilty. Second thing, oh, that's guilty. Oh, what I just saw on TV, clearly that's a problem. And, and people will do this. I'm trying to tell you that you have this, you can literally take that pair of glasses off your face. It's that simple. And look around again. Okay. All right. Beautifully put. All right. So stimulating then is a little bit like, you know, as, I, as a therapist we might encounter, if, we're, if I'm working with a client, I might encounter someone who's quite anxious, and, and the more they become aware of what provokes that anxiety, the more they feel the anxiety, the more they're aware of it, the, the more aware of it they become, the more it seems to grow, although it's not really growing and they're just becoming more aware of it. So that's what you're talking about when you're defining these problems and, and saying, okay, uh, uh, these perceptions, I don't mean problems, excuse me, but the perceptions that are blockages and you, you begin to focus on those enough to, they, to the point to, they, to, to where they seem to be growing, but they're not really growing, they're just, you're just focusing on them. Is that correct? Right. It, it, that's well put, Andrea. It's <laughs> recognizing very quickly that you are in the driver's seat. You're actually bringing these pictures in. Mm-hmm. And as soon as the mind says, hey, wait a minute, could that be true? And what's the usefulness of believing that? Um, well, empowerment's the usefulness. As soon as they get that, that they're actually moving themselves into that spot they've always wanted, which is control. Uh, you know, the, the ego desires control. It's whole, everything it does is all oriented around control. Well, you won't gain control the way it proposes you gain control because you, you're, you're interacting with your environment as if it's something that is not happening within, you know, in your mind, but it happens there first. Right. So, okay. Now, then you've talked briefly about the process of releasing um, a blockage, but let's, let's say some more about that. Now, uh, when we release, we're not talking about some kind of hocus-pocus where you just go, I release that, I release that, I release that, but actually you do some work to change your perceptions of it. Is that correct? Well, it, it, again, that's, that's also a choice, too. Uh, and I'm, I'm saying that intentionally. I want people to understand that um, how you go about this, is is up to you. Okay. I mean, I'm real flexible with this uh, because each mind is is very very intelligent and very capable of healing in an instant or dragging it out over many years, many lifetimes. Uh, I, I mean, there's you know we could teach a formula, we could give you steps, we can you know tell you that you do this, do that, and you know and, and turn it into a ritual for you every day where you begin to practice these ideas. And that's totally fine. Um, or you can, in an instant, accept. So it, it, 
it's really up to each individual where they're comfortable. Resistance itself is a choice, not a fact. Okay, okay. All right, so the the whole idea then is as you become focused on what your uh, blockages are and you, that that focus helps you begin to clarify that it isn't, is actually perception and not, or a choice, as you would put it, and not really a reality, not a fact. Yeah, actually what I teach is focus on the facts. Okay. And in, in doing so, the choices themselves, uh, which are illusory, become very clear to you. Rec- you recognize what they are because they fall off the page of your mind. Yeah. Well, it reminds me a little bit on the opposite end of Albert Ellis's most, 10 Most Irrational Thoughts. You've got the 10 Most Factual, or maybe less than 10, but you know, a certain number of, of uh, thoughts that are factual rather than irrational. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, it's, it's all about focus. You know, we are not our thoughts. However, um, it would be foolish to deny the function of thoughts while we are um, of the belief that we are in bodies and that we need our minds to navigate the world we're living in. It would be foolish to ignore the tool we're using. And the tool we tend to, be, we tend to use is our thoughts. So it makes sense to me to align those thoughts with uh, factual uh, notions of reality that, that give you the most opportunity in relationships, the most entertainment, the most fun, the most peace, and the most problem-solving abilities in some cases. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, those ideas are, um, I'll list them real quick. The first one, as I said, the, is the universe is always and then always conspiring in your favor. The next one is unity. The third one is equality, stability, empowerment, certainty, peace. There's nothing random or accidental about the universe. Will, now, innocence, uh, non-duality and atonement, and what you believe becomes true for you. These ideas, if you focus on them and you make it a practice to focus on them, you'll discover your world will completely change in ways you can't begin to forecast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, okay, atonement. Let's talk about that one a minute. You said everyone was innocent, so how do people become atoned? <laughs> well, it's sort of a, it's a, it's a, a, yet a restatement of inclusion, okay? okay. When, when we disclude people from our lives, we, you know, we push them away. We find something not worth keeping. Well, that's what happens. Conflict, confusion. Sometimes right. so it has to do with uh, that sorting out process of whether to include or disinclude. Sure. Right. Okay, well, we'll be back uh, for our final segment with Nash Murad talking about his book, How to Be Right About Everything, in just a few minutes. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. America is facing a skilled workforce shortage. Skills USA can help. What is Skills USA? Skills USA is life changing. Skills USA is awesome. Skills USA is one of the biggest opportunities life can give you. Skills USA is amazing. Skills USA is motivating. Skills USA specifically prepares you for the workforce. Skills USA empowers students to connect with a network of people, starting with their classmates, to their advisors, to other people in their states. 
SkillsUSA allows students to connect with business and industry, to manage their education, and to really get a feel of the real world. I'm doing something now that's going to be applicable in the real world, and those skills are going to be useful today in school and in five years when I'm working and for the rest of my life. On the web at skillsusa.org. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. You live for the firsts in your child's life. But how do you cope with the firsts that come after your child is diagnosed with cancer? CureSearch.org connects you to the doctors and scientists whose collaborative research has turned childhood cancer from a nearly incurable disease to one with an overall cure rate of 78%. CureSearch.org. You're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CureSearch and the Ad Council. to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Well, it's sad but true, but we've got, we're in our last segment with Nash Murad today talking about his book, How to Be Right About Everything, An Awakening Journey into Unlearning, and we've done a lot of unlearning today as we've talked. And... Uh, I want to learn a little bit more about you and what your uh, what your what you got coming up and what uh, tell us about, about your company and that kind of thing for just a few minutes. Okay, sounds good. Uh, Emergent Awareness is our company, and the idea behind it is literally to focus on clarity, uh, establishing purpose, and uh, and maybe getting some action in place. And that's literally on the website. You'll see clarity uh, as, as a focus of ours. So. We, in any interaction we've got, where our goal is to assist our clients in sifting through uh, what they've presented themselves, and so that they can get to a point where they can actually uh, see themselves in a healthy way, and then proceed. And the client can be an individual, can be a team, and can be a, a corporation. Um, I had one client recently that that hired me to help them discover why they can't change as an organization. Um, and that was an interesting and fun process that we went through in, in doing that and solving a host of other problems internally. And so what we do is we look for the language that's common. That is, uh, in that case, it was one one really sort of fun scene where all the all the people we encountered were all engineers, and uh, 
males and females, and they were all leaders, um, but they had a very scientific orientation and had the darndest time trying to figure out how to connect with each other and, and interact. And so we um, spoke their language. We literally wrote their functions in math, using math to help them see what their inputs were and what their outputs were. And, you know, in about half a day, uh, the session revealed that uh, they knew where the redundancies were, they knew where they weren't getting along, and they knew why. And they were able to talk through that as a group and get to a place of clarity. So these are the kinds of things we like to focus on is being creative in the moment. Um, there isn't a formula. I mean, each encounter is a little different. Uh, some of our clients are extremely um, educated, and some are not. So it really doesn't matter um, what you're doing sort of to hold yourself down. Um, our goal uh, every time is to help you see it and help you let it go when you're ready. Wow. Very cool. Very, very cool. Need more companies like that. <clears throat> All right. Well, um, what I want to talk about is uh, before we head on out of here today is something you just said, which I think is very, very important. We establish these identities as a way of holding ourselves down. You said, whatever you're doing to hold yourself down, and I thought that is exactly what we do. We establish these things to hold ourselves down because of fear. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, that's it. We we want to tether to something. Uh, Our goal is stability. You know, some sort of way of organizing the world so that it makes sense to us. But um, our efforts to do that, unfortunately, utilize a tool that is not reliable, and that's called perception. Right, right. So we can perceive things to fit the paradigm we've already created in our heads. Exactly. We, we, we literally bring ourselves that picture, and then we get upset about it. Yep. Yep. So how come the world is doing what I told it to do? Right, right. <laughs> okay. Okay, yeah, and, and, and the, the truth is that we are in a process of unfolding all the time, and every time we encounter something or someone in our world, we're being given an opportunity, according to what your model is, to recon, reconceptualize ourselves. That's right. That, that is perfectly stated, Andrea. I couldn't have said it better myself, that every moment that life presents us with is that opportunity mm-hmm. to remember who we are. Right. So who are we? <laughs> well, we are we are one. We are equal. Um, relationship literally is a choice. It is something we actually bring into focus, and we can unbring it into focus as well and accept people. Um, and there is nothing unstable or random about who we are. We are entirely eternal. Uh, we're not temporary. And we can access ourselves now. Mm-hmm. You know, as you're, as you're saying that, I'm sitting here thinking about um, so many times I do marriage therapy and I have clients come in whose marriage is otherwise very functional. Uh, they're, doing, they're effectively communicating in a lot of ways, but there's this one problem, and that is that one party believes with all of her, his or her heart that the other one is supposed to make them happy. Right. And the other one generally believes that, yes, indeed, that is true. I'm supposed to make him or her happy, and I'm not doing it, so I've failed. Right. And yeah. that, that is the only problem in their relationship. And if they could just change that one belief, they'd be fine. Yeah. Yeah. 
and that that will lead me to tell you that that you know in book one I talk specifically about marriage, but in book two we delve into various relationship issues and how to navigate those. Uh, book two should be published in this this fall. Um, I wrote it while we were uh, overseas, but it's it's ready to go. But this topic that you are bringing up, I know, is is tough for a lot of people. Uh, but I, I would offer a quick dose of comfort and just say that marriage itself, the concept, is an artificial construct that you are overlaying over yourself um, with a whole host of related expectations. And without condemning yourself for that, without beating yourself up, if you recognize that it that it is in fact something you've chosen to put yourself within. Uh, I'm not promoting divorce. I'm not going in that direction. I'm just telling you, you can just as easily release some of those expectations to start moving into a healthier and more peaceful existence with the person you're with. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, whether you call it marriage or whatever you call it, it's still got to have some freedom of movement. And if we get tied to some kind of role, we get tied to a perception of ourselves, and therefore we, we're chained. Well put, well put. Uh, we are unconditional, by the way. That's another feature of our identity. We are unconditionally loving, not conditionally. And most marriages reflect a version of conditional love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I love you if, I love you if, if, if. There's always a condition. Yeah, yeah, that's, I, I will literally um, uh, give feedback to people when they say to me, I love you, Andrew, because you... And I always go, don't love me because, just love me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that idea that we're suppo- that there's something you love me for, you might like me for those things, but love me because I'm just here. Just that's it. <laughs> yeah, be grateful, be happy, thankful, you know, go through your moments and enjoy them. But, uh, you know, what's the point in conditionalizing everything? What you're doing is you're building a staircase in your mind. Why do that Absolutely. when there's no staircase? It's just Absolutely. it's something you put up. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been great talking to you, Nash, today, and tune in again next week. We're going to be talking to all of our aspiring authors out there. We've got Linda Joy, publisher and editor of Aspire Magazine, and Lisa Tenner, renowned book writing coach and editor, to talk with you about birthing your book. So, And one other thing, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thank you, Andrea. It's It's been a pleasure for me as well. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.